I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hi, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a Whitley Comic Book Podcast, um, brought to you by your good friends over at King's Comics in Sydney, 403 George Street. Should you ever find yourself in Sydney, you can find all the comics that we're about to talk about on this episode. Uh, and if you can't make it to Sydney, you can find them online at kingscomics.com. My name is Levins. My name is Siobhan. And every week we sit down in the back offices of King's Comics, or sometimes in the store, and we mm. talk about uh, the week that was in comic books, because we've read and we will review all of the books that came out last week. A, a great deal of them. Yeah. Because uh, uh, every week a whole bunch of comics come out by, from many different publishers and we read as many of them as we can and then talk about them for your enjoyment. Mm. But, dear listener, that enjoyment is going to be slightly less so in the future. I mean, I mean probably the same amount of enjoyment. But just, just packed into a smaller amount of time. Less regularly. Yeah. Uh, because this is going to be, uh, for the you know, uh, foreseen future, the last weekly episode of uh, Serious Issues. Um, some, there's been some changes in our, um, in our financial uh, mm-hmm. uh, parts. Um, that mean, and yeah, you know, <laughs> like finance parts, finance parts, but it's beneath your uh, your left pe- pectoral. <laughs> that's where uh, your heart is. That's uh, where your finance parts. That's are? where I keep my money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our financial situation has changed, um, and uh, we're now unable to kind of uh, justify putting in the amount of time that uh, it takes to put one of these episodes together. It's um, a, it takes a lot of time, guys. Yeah, to be as transparent as possible, it takes I would say like two full days to yeah. to read. And talk about and record and edit and upload and do the social media and mm-hmm. do all that stuff uh, related to just one episode of Serious Issues. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've, we've loved oh, doing, yeah. doing the show and getting it to the point that it's at now. But um, if, if, if we, it's, it's not sustainable, even, even with the amount of money that we were getting. So it is uh, kind of like, oh, okay, this is uh, the way that we need to change the show from now on. So it is going to become a monthly show. Yep. Um, we are still going to have our, um, our Patreon going, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, you know, uh, to be fully honest with you, um, our, our, <laughs> our post-show idea, which I thought was a brilliant idea, an extra 15 minutes of uh, comic book reviews for our listeners every week, uh, backfired. No one likes it. <laughs> and uh, we actually <laughs> lost patrons instead of gaining them. Uh, but if you do love the show in its weekly format, I'm going to be adding some like ridiculous goal, like maybe 2,000 American. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we hit that, we'll bring the show back weekly. Yes. Nice, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, and that that is a 
there are well over 2,000 listeners each week to this podcast. If everyone shipped in a buck, uh, then this show will continue weekly. But look, I don't expect, obviously, I know that people, everyone's financial situations are, are, are different. And, exactly. uh, and a podcast is, for many people, just a free, fun thing that they can listen to each week. Absolutely. Uh, but if you want to listen to this one each week, uh, yeah, that's the only way it's going to happen, unfortunately. So, patreon.com slash serious issues podcast. I'm going to be editing that over the next week so it reflects our kind of new. Uh, vision mm-hmm, of, uh, mm-hmm. of doing less podcasts, but um, I think more quality based because yeah. the pressure won't be on us to read everything and it'll be mostly things that we already love and recommending things that maybe you haven't heard of, heard of before. Yeah, we um, can go back and read some older stuff, um, recommend some trades and things like that that we don't usually have the time to do. And it means... I don't have to read Spider-Geddon anymore. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, there, there are certain things that we read just because, you know, like we obviously, we first things first means we read all the new number one stuff and I mean, we don't have to, for whatever reason, the, the podcast became a thing where we just felt we should always, you know, keep, continue reading things like Batman and, and events yeah. because they are the biggest thing oh going God, on in comics at the time. I anymore. think it's time to tap out. <laughs> I'm so happy. I thought you were still going to make me do it. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it just means, I don't know, I think it's, I, I'm going to view comic books as a far more positive, in a far more positive yeah. light than I have in the last year where, and I know it sounds so privileged and it is. But, you know, they were a burden some, t- some weekends. I was oh just like, gosh, the last yes. thing I want to do was read 50 comics. Especially, like, I work in comics five days a week. Yeah, sure, and so- yeah. Sometimes I'm like, that's not how I want to spend my weekend. <laughs> I want to sit and stare at a blank wall. Um, so, yeah, I guess the, we, we actually have two more episodes um, already recorded with uh, interviews with um, other Australian comic book creators, mm-hmm. uh, which will go up um, next week and the week after that. Um, and then uh, immediately after that, we're going to be announcing the nominees for our um our uh, best comics books of the year um and if you would like to be part of that conversation um then head over to facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast and uh you can uh, basically nominate a few things yourself it's going to be based on the things that we've loved the most and then you vote off what we love nice. um, so not everyone's favorite thing will make the uh the, the finalist but that's how award shows work exactly guys. um but yeah please we'd love you if you're a listener of the show we'd love to have you uh you're talking about the books that you love, you've loved this year over in our Facebook group, which again is facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast. And again, our Patreon is patreon.com slash serious issues podcast. So Siobhan, this could well be the final ever first things first. Oh my goodness. The last first things first last. Feel very emotional. Um, and of course, first things first is where we review all of last week's number one issues. Uh, and uh, all the publishers, most of the publishers put out a big number one uh, last week. But I want to begin by talking about what was far and away the best... Uh, Probably the best comic of the week. Yeah, definitely. I don't even know if it really counts as a uh, as a single issue. No, uh, they it, describe it as a graphic novel on the back. And I think like if you're going to use that term, this is basically what that means. But this is a slightly oversized single issue yep. uh, published by Image Comics. Um, it's called The Terrible Elizabeth Dunn Against De- the Devils in Suits. Um, and uh, it is, it's been written and drawn uh, by a, a, a Brazilian um, cartoonist called Arabson. Um, and uh, it's been adapted uh, into English by uh, the comic book writer James Robinson um, with colors by Anderson Cabral. Um, and uh, this is uh, an unbelievable book about a man who has uh, made a deal with a devil 20 years prior that uh, upon, upon his like, 18th birth or whatever, um, the devil will, will get his son. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the devil comes to uh, to reap his reward, um, he offers her offers him his daughter, his untamable daughter instead, who is uh, living in a boarding home, which we learn uh, has actually been 
uh, set up by her mother to go extra hard on her so she's prepared for the uh, the troubles that, that await her when, when she inevitably has to fight for her life to uh, save herself from the devil. Um, and uh, kind of goes off from there. It's this incredible action romp um, in mm-hmm. which uh, she teams up with a man who has sold his self, soul for the for, for guitar, guitar skills at the crossroads. Mm-hmm. Classic. Um, and uh, yeah, it's actually this like, incredible beautiful uh ultra violent yeah it, it looks like a european uh, comic but it's a brazilian comic it um, looks like it was drawn um by a sort of Raphael grandpa type if that gives you any kind of concept of what that looks like it's, it's extremely niche description of somebody people know who Raphael grandpa is but it's that you know it's that extreme attention to intricate detail and cartooning texture. that we love so much um, that lends itself so well to frantic crazy action scenes which this uh brilliant what a single issue has in spades. I don't want to talk too much about the plot, but I loved the the main character of the daughter mm-hmm. and the, her Weasley father. And I also loved how, um, yeah, like demons in this book are represented by men in suits. Yes, uh, absolutely. The art is phenomenal. The writing is excellent. I think James Robinson was actually a great choice um, for translator, uh, given this. I, I got a lot of uh, similar dialogue to what I read in like his Airboy comic uh, for Image a few years ago from this, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, I just think this was like the, the the coolest thing about this is it's this beautifully printed, great cover, oversized format issue. It's five ninety nine US. Wow. Yeah, and so like later on, like in just a few minutes, we're going to be talking about uh, a new uh, X Men book, which was retailing uh, at seven ninety nine US at US, which works out at like fifteen dollars Australian. Yeah, but you can still get it for nine ninety five at King's Comics. Um, and good to you. it's just so hard to justify people spend their money on that thing when they, you could get this instead. Yeah, absolutely. This is like an exceptionally beautiful comic book. If you love the form of comics, you have to check this out. Some of the like visual storytelling is so clever and so clear and so concise. And it's just the, the detail is so gorgeous. And this is one that you, you're going to want on your shelf to, to bring out every, every year and just have another reread through it. It's, it's I think it's a, it's a instant classic in my books. Absolutely. So again, it's called the the terrible Elizabeth Dunn and against the devils in suits, uh, written and drawn by Arabson out through Image Comics um, in in partnership with IHQ Studios. Um, when it came out uh, in 2016, um, it was it's, it's it's a debut for this uh, cartoonist Arabson, um, and uh, it was nominated for an HQMIX award in 2017. Um, and they're they're actually um, Arabson and James Robinson are actually working together um, with Klebs Jr. on a new miniseries published by Image Comics very soon called Os Cinco, aka The Five. So look forward to that very oh, soon. There's just so many amazing uh, Brazilian and South American cartoonists working at the moment. It's mm. such a such a treat. Definitely, this was uh, this was absolutely just a treat. Is a, is a great yeah, way to describe this, is, this great book. Like if you if you buy no other comics. This week, just go to your local comic book store and pick this up because it's um, a really perfect issue. And it's, you know, standalone. It's self-contained. You don't need to read anything else. It's, it's an pink. incredibly satisfying read. It's a bright pink cover. It's gorgeous. I loved it. Me too. Best thing I read this week. Absolutely. No competition. Uh, Bitter Root is another image uh, series that started this week. This is an actual single issue with a number one on it. Um, and it was written uh, by... Uh, Two of our favourites, David mm-hmm. F. Walker, um, wrote this one um, with art by uh, Sanford Green. Those two uh, last worked together on uh, a beloved run of, uh, of, of from Marvel, uh, Power, Power Man, Man and Iron, Iron Fist. Fist. That's right. Um, and they're also working with Chuck Brown, who's the third creator credited to this book. It's called Bitter Root, 
And uh, it actually reminded me a lot of that. What was that Grave Digger Society? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's set in a similar um, era. It's all sort of 1920s Harlem flat caps. That's right. And uh, so we have a, uh, a, a supernatural um, kind of like a, a cult, uh, almost like Ghostbusters mm. kind of unit. Um, They're a family, I believe. They're a family, yep. And it's kind of like their duty to keep uh, sp- sp- like spooky stuff at bay. Yeah. Um, and uh, the younger specifically, it looks like uh, people who have been inhabited by demons. That's right. Uh, so it's like a little bit Exorcist, a little bit Ghostbusters. Um, and uh, we have the younger members of this family uh, basically learning the ropes. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they're not as good as their predecessors. But the girl in the family, uh, she's got chops, Siobhan. She sure does. But they they don't want her to fight because she's her- a girl. That's right. Um, meanwhile, uh, over in Mississippi. Uh, a man is about to be hanged, a black man. I should, I should say that all the characters uh, thus far described are black. Yes. Um, until we uh, meet a black man who is about to be hanged by a group of the KKK mm-hmm. uh, in Mississippi. Uh, and uh, his uh, execution is interrupted by uh, two men who... Posi- sorry, by one man who possibly belongs to the family that we've uh, met earlier in this comic. He holding has a, a cool sci-fi looking gun. Yeah, and he dispatches of the KKK members, as everyone should. Uh, very, very quickly. So this is, again, like using sort of overarching uh, themes of racism and intolerance to tell like a really, really sort of great sci-fi sci-fi fantasy story, I suppose. Supernatural. Yeah. 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 Supernatural. It's like, yeah, it's, 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 it's very larger than life uh, in, in that aspect, but with some a lot of uh, realness coming yeah. from the past. It's described there's some really great um, backup material yeah. in this um, issue. And there's an essay from John Jennings, who is a... A professor of media and cultural studies at the University of California, and he describes it as ethnogothic, which I sort of I think that's a cool that's sick. way to describe it. Um, Sanford Green's art is a delight. Um, Absolutely, it's coloured a bit. Um, the colours sometimes make it a bit murky, but I suppose that kind of adds to the um, underworld, underground sort of theme. Yeah, definitely. But there were times where I was like, oh, I wish I could sort of see what was going on a bit more clearly. Because some of the monster designs are so good. Yeah, so great. Um, I, uh, I This wasn't the incredible issue that I was hoping for, but it was certainly a good start to what could become an incredible series. Absolutely. And it's good world building for um, a fun series. And there's lots of fun characters who we've already sort of been introduced to. Yeah. So it was actually like, this is a, a fun week of First Things First, where I was like, do I really want to read another issue of this comic? Like, you know, mm. now that I know that the, the, the podcast isn't going to be demanding it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can make a real choice. I'll definitely continue on this one. Yeah. I'll enjoy it. I like the creators a lot. So Absolutely. Doesn't get more uh, praising than that. I'm gonna, I will keep reading this. <laughs> um, over to Marvel now, um, and uh, as we mentioned earlier, they've released a new Uncanny X Men number one this week. And guys, it's weekly. <laughs> it's a weekly X Men book, um, and uh, we have three creators, three writers, sorry, on on this issue: uh, Ed Brisson, um, Matthew Rosenberg, and Kelly Thompson. Uh, who have all done little uh, bits and pieces in the X world over the last year. Mm-hmm. And here they are writing uh, an Uncanny X-Men issue together with Mahmoud Azra on art and Michelle Rosenberg on colour. Uh, I did enjoy seeing the word Rosenberg written twice on the front cover of this issue yes. for Rochelle and Matt. Um, you are the bigger X fan of the two of us, Siobhan. Mm-hmm. You liked this. I did. I thought this was pretty enjoyable, just in the sense that there seemed like there was an actual story that was being told. Like, there's a genuine mystery at the heart of it. And um, I thought it was nicely paced. I thought it was a sort of um, a quick, fairly exciting read. Um, I like the sort of X team at the center of it. I like the characters that they're using. It's all, you know, Pixie and Armor and Glob Herman, as well as the um, 
sort of older older teams, and it's got Jamie Madrox at the center, and I think it's a good use of Jamie Madrox. Yeah. I enjoyed this. I felt like I'd read it like a hundred times before. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I really was like, oh, wow, this feels really fresh. This feels really different for the X-Men. But I'm, I, I fully buy that this is something that we've seen a lot. I mean, it's hard to do fresh with the X-Men. Yeah, now, and, and it is very, it's very hard to write this many characters well when, you know, because almost every X-Men shows up at some point in this issue. Yes, and the, the, the classic, like, a uh, again, like, the mutant cure is at the centre of this and sort of evil senators trying to make it law. Just, I've read that shit cure. so many times. I know, like, I know. Yeah. But sort of um, <laughs> Jamie Madrox showing up en masse to try and shut things down very awkwardly um, and Kitty Pride has gone missing and no one knows where she is. I thought that was like a fairly compelling uh, slant to it, taking a very classic X trope um, and making it sort of different and fresh. And then we see that the Senator and Kitty have both been kidnapped by uh, a mysterious force as well as Apocalypse. That's Apocalypse crazy. Apocalypse also been kidnapped. You hated Apocalypse a week ago. Yeah, now I like him again. <laughs> Comics. Um, and then there was some good, there was three little mini backup stories, which I also enjoyed. I really liked, um, oh, I don't know who wrote the first one. About Bishop, but I liked that. Yep. Uh, Bishop Story, that was written by Matthew Rosenberg with Mirko Kolak um, on art. And then we got a um, Jean Grey story written by Kelly Thompson with Ibrahim Robison, which I also enjoyed. Um, and then we got an Armour and Animal story, which I also enjoyed, which had art by um, Mark Bagley and written by Ed Brosson. I thought this was like just... I mean, I read a lot of terrible X-Men comics. I, um, I'm not saying it was terrible. I just, like, I, don't, I just, this was not, I was like, finally, like, after, it has been quite a long period of mostly lackluster X-Men books. I liked yeah. X-Men Red. Um, I find this more exciting than X-Men yeah, Red, general. I have to say. I got, I got quite used to all the depictions, especially of Laura and Jean in that. And I hated the depiction of Laura in, in, this, in this issue. Uh, it's a creepy old lady. I love a creepy old lady. <laughs> that she does. Um, I won't be continuing with this one, but uh, I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I mean, it's weekly, so it's not that big of a commitment. If it's terrible in three weeks, I can be like, nah. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna check it out because I, I genuinely did enjoy that. Sweet, fun. Is it, it's it's a, fun. Is, is it the same three of them doing every issue? Or? I think so. It's like a. It's like a bad version of Fifty Two. <laughs> um, Marvel also put out Infinity Warps issue number one, which was an anthology of uh, fun, jokey. Uh, uh, fun in inverted commas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, jokey kind of. Uh, it's how ma- they always do the Marvel mashups. Yeah, yeah this is like this is the comedic one shot, uh, which to featured with the um, main event. Uh, the best one from this little anthology was, I thought was written by Ryan North with art by Natasha Bustos. Of course, Ryan North, the writer of Squirrel Girl, and Natasha Bustos, the artist of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, and they gave us Moon Squirrel and Tippy Saw, which uh, combined Squirrel Girl and Moon Girl. Um, which I thought was really, really fun and sweet and exactly what, you know, a short story in a book like this should be. It was enjoyable, but I would still rather just see those two characters team up. Definitely. I mean, it, 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 it helped that it came out the same week as a Squirrel Girl issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, a Moon Girl issue comes out this week too. So it wasn't like we're getting these two, this thing instead of the other two things. It was a fun little addition. Um, but I didn't really like any of the other uh, no, short I stories in this. I thought for a second that it was going to be, they were going to be really hilariously advanced. Because um, the, the final story is about uh, the Fantastic, the Fantastic Two. two. Yep. Um, and they just made that like Reed and Ben kind of. But Reed can also go invisible and Ben also is on fire. But I thought that they were going to be like... 
lovers. Yeah. Uh. Like Johnny and Johnny and Reed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what it was going to be. That'd be and cute. I was like, ooh. Um, but that's not what it was. Yeah. Obviously, the that's com- the fan fiction I'm writing. So, like, oh, like, I loved this. Like, so, obviously, like, yeah, Reed and Sue together is Mr. Invisible. That works, sure. Yeah. But um, Johnny and Ben together is Hot Rocks. <laughs> what a terrible <laughs> superhero name. <laughs> that is bad. Hey, Hot Rocks. Should be called Flaming Boulder. That's not good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Thanks. Um, finally, from Marvel, I know you definitely didn't read this. Uh, <laughs> this is oh, the no way. the prelude to Captain Marvel, the upcoming MCU movie. When is that out? Uh, next year, sometime okay. Marchish, maybe. Um, and uh, yeah, every time they put out a new an MCU movie, um, we get these weird little prelude comics, uh, most of which are written by Will Corona Pilgrim, who actually does like a mostly good job given what little amount he has to work yeah, with. Yeah, the poor guy. Uh, Andrea DeVito did art on this one with colors by Laura Valari. And uh, yeah, so it's a, uh, a Captain Marvel prelude, which does not feature Carol, aka Captain Marvel, at any point. Oh, um, good. This is kind of letting us know what Nick Fury and Maria Hill have been doing since Age of Ultron. Oh, what have they um, so been up to? If you are, uh, they've been like observing, almost oh. being watchers. Because as you know, at the end of uh, Infinity War, they're the last two we see turn to dust as, uh, as Nick Fury uh, sends the distress signal out to, uh, out to Captain Marvel uh. via a pager. Um, Wait, hang on. So are they dust? A Captain, yeah, yeah. A Nick Fury and Maria, Maria Hill, Hill dust? Yeah, they turn to dust at the end of... Oh. Did you watch that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Do yeah. You, you don't no, remember turning to dust? I don't remember who turned into dust. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant, right? They're just going to come back. Who cares? Yeah, I know. But like that was a that was a, a fun little post credit scene. You don't remember that? I, re- I reckon oh, you left I mean, before it happened. Very broadly, very vaguely. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so this is basically it kind of what what happens between them in between Age of Ultron and turning to dust at the end of Infinity War. Okay, right, right, right. Um, and I thought it was like actually pretty fun. Yeah, cool. Uh, oh, nice. it's, it's not necessary nice at all, surprise. but if you are like you know a completionist in terms of that universe, there are tidbits that you will find uh, pretty interesting in this issue. Ooh, love a tid. Love a love a bit of tid. Love a bit, love a bit of tid. <laughs> um, over to DC now. Did you read Electric Warriors I number did. one? This is written by by Steve Orlando with um, art by Travel Foreman, who we love saw. Travel Foreman. Well, we saw him doing art on the uh, Marvel Knights issue last week, which we thought was like. Pretty straight for Charles Norman, Foreman. Mm. This is him going balls to the wall. Bonkers. Totally weird. Like, weird, like, early 2000s CGI textures uh, in, some of his, yes. in some of the space uh, parts. Uh, and this is a... I mean, why don't you tell me what this is about? Because I could not even begin to tell you. So, unless I am totally incorrect, I believe that this is set in, like, in the post-Commandy universe. So, Commandy is the last kid on Earth. Um created by Jack Kirby and he lives in a world where animals have become super intelligent yep. and now they keep humans as slaves. That's right. Um, and so this appears to be set like a hundred years after that and humans have rights again. Um, but there is still tension between the uh, animal people and the human people. And then one, to, to avoid intergalactic war, humanity must choose a champion um, to go and fight in some kind of Thunderdome-esque the Galactic thing, Games. I think. Um, and in this issue, we see two have been chosen. One who is a cool octopus lady um, from under underwater who speaks in crazy colors. Mm-hmm. And at first we think it is a young man who is very um, upstanding and very, uh, you know, sees it as his duty and is very committed um, until we realize that his twin brother, who is more of a rebel and um, hates the animals and what they did to humanity and will never forgive them, has... Um, 
taken his place. Right. I really enjoyed this. I thought this was like a fun uh, use of that concept, doing something different with it, taking it forward. Um, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was. And there's also was a, there's, a, there's a crazy firestorm teaser at the end as well. Yes. yes. Yeah, I thought this is um, this is like totally wild, like fun sci-fi DC nonsense. Um, so if that is if that floats your boat, your boat will indeed be floated by this comic. Absolutely, I'm trying to think of anything that it's like. Is there anything that I could compare it to? Um, my like Final Crisis, in in its own way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, and I was also like, yeah, it's a good little thing to read if you enjoyed that commandy challenge, commandy challenge that yeah. uh, DC put out last year. Um, that was fun. I, kinda, I wish they did another one of those. I know that was such a good idea. Um, but I really enjoyed this. I will definitely be reading more of this. I think Travel Foreman's so good. And this is such a like funny combination of styles that he's using. I thought it was clever. Uh, from Dark Horse, I read uh, the first issue of God of War. Um, which Why? is a video. I love the video game this oh, okay. year. It's probably my favorite video game of really? the year this year. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I thought you were like a Nintendo guy, not a like big muscles bro. But you would love this. It's actually about being, it's not about, it's about being a dad. It's about fatherhood. Okay. Um, Chris Robertson wrote... it looks wrote, like it's about fighting bears. <laughs> well, no, he's trying to tame the rage. God of War used to be a very fun, slashy action game, but they reimagined it as like his big kind of like third-person story-based adventure game okay. in which you travel across the realms. He's moved from like the realm of, of the world of Greek gods to the world of Norse mythology. Okay. And so you have to travel through the... Through the, through the uh, basically, the whole thing is a quest between, with, between you and your son, who is like, you know, just a, a young, scared boy mm-hmm. um, who you refer to as boy many times throughout the game, uh, to travel the realms uh, in order to uh, scatter your mother's ashes. Oh, okay. Or like your wife's, your partner's ashes. Um, it's a, he- Heavy. It's a, it's a brilliant game. And uh, I was like, what are they going to do with the comic for this one? Um, written by Chris Robertson, art by Tony Parker, and E.M. Gist. Tony Parker, the basketball player? That's crazy. That's right, I didn't yeah. know he could draw. Uh, and uh, instead of giving us more adventures uh, featuring these characters, this is set as like a prelude to the game, which oh, I'm okay. less interested in. And, um, if you are an absolute diehard of, of the new uh, kind of story of God of War, um, then uh, you might get a kick out of this. It's not bad by any means, but uh, I don't think it's necessary reading yeah. as someone that you know considers that game his favorite of the year you mm. would think i would like this more but i don't fair enough so that's that uh valiant this week gave us bloodshot rising spirit number one uh written by lonnie nadler um it's got a huge creative and team zach here. thompson and zach thompson uh, wow story by zach thompson and lonnie lonnie nadler script by kevin grevu 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 it's like fancy gravy pencils and by ken lashley I like finishes lashley. by ryan win brian thies and oliver borges oh my goodness colors by diego rodriguez wow uh, that's a huge lineup of talent and you would think that that would result in a better book than this. <laughs> i didn't hate this the art is not consistent which i think makes sense once you see the creative yeah team. totally um, and not necessarily the best that this book has ever looked, especially when the covers are so great. It annoys me. Like, I have a beautiful uh, David Mack cover, and you have a really gorgeous... I don't know who that's by, but that's excellent. Yeah, main cover is by Philippe Massafera. There you go. I like um, that a lot. And, uh, yeah, for me, it was just like, this comes hot on the heels of uh, Lemire's Bloodshot run, which was really, really wonderful and... Um, even though it was like Bloodshot to me is not that interesting of a hero. Like it's a guy who he's like, a big it's a, silly man. It's a Wolverine kind of like riff, but instead of like having adamantium inserted into his skeleton, he has nanites mm-hmm. that can you know he can take on damage and heal himself and be the best fighter he can he can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought this was just like a trip back to the nineties um, and felt just kind of like a stock standard action book. Again, not not ba- bad, but 
uh, a pale of what a pale shade of what this book was six yeah. months ago. I didn't hate the the basic concept of like they're they're trying to uh, to regain control over bloodshot they by, are by trying sorting to Im- false memories yeah. yeah implant false memories in his head and um he keeps rejecting them i thought that was like a fun setup so i'll probably read issue two just because i like the character and i'm keen to see where it goes but probably the best part of the whole book is the um little preview we get of the uh, live wire issue one in the yeah back, totally which looks gorgeous with Raul allen why not i love Raul allen he's love good that man. he's a secret fave Sorry, very public fave. Yeah. Uh, last number one. Oh, you didn't read this? I didn't this? read this. I didn't uh, read this. You goofed. Was it amazing? This was so much oh, fun. Oh, man, I'm so dumb. I'm talking about uh, through Nickelodeon and Kaboom this week, we got Rugrats C is for Hanukkah special number one. Um, now, you know, we're we almost approaching the season where every single publisher puts out a Christmas special of some mm-hmm. sorts. Very excited for the Klaus or Claws. Always. Um, uh, special that we're getting very soon. Uh, there's uh, previews for that. And actually, it's, it's Boom who are putting that one out too. But uh, yeah, after putting out like eight-ish issues of, uh, of Rugrats comics this year, Kaboom gave us a Hanukkah special, which I thought was really, really fun. Um, nice. And uh, because... You know, once I, um, I smashed uh, the lovely Nate's parents' window because I left the Hanukkah candle too close to the window. Whoa. The first time that they let me uh, light the candles. <laughs> and it, like, first Christmas. It was good. First Hanukkah. First Christmas like, car. No, Christmas car. car. All right, sure. And well, so it was... It like like lit the window on fire, or just no? The heat from, the, the heat from it cracked the window, really Crazy. dramatically. Yeah. And we were you like all eating dinner when it just shattered. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's good. And they're like, like, she's a keeper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even throw something at it. <laughs> Skill. <laughs> um, so, see, for Hanukkah special. Um, Tommy Pickles is uh, mum is Jewish. Deal. Uh, I can't remember what her name was, but and and so it's her her grandparents. Um, who we don't see as often as uh, as Stu Pickles' father, mm-hmm. um, who is kind of like one of the main characters in Rugrats. Uh, but they all go on; they all go away for like for the holidays together. And um, basically, uh, um, one of the grandparents is is telling the kids terrifying Hanukkah stories about golems <laughs> and which, which scares them to death. Um, and uh, Angelica and her family are really into uh, into Hanukkah, not because they're Jewish, but because uh, there's a, a brilliant description. Uh, yeah, so um, Tommy's mum says, wait, why is Angelica getting all these Hanukkah presents? You're not Jewish. And then she says, uh, we're raising her as an omni-denominational global citizen. And then Stu says, what does that mean? And Angelica's father says, it means there's about four days a year when she doesn't get presents. <laughs> <laughs> so Hanukkah is her favorite because she gets like... Eight days eight, of presents. Exactly. Um, and so it's... Very overwhelming. It's this great mix of like... Like, yeah, like people actually wanting to celebrate, celebrate Hanukkah for the right reasons. Angelica wanting to celebrate it for the wrong reasons and the babies not wanting to celebrate anything at all because... Because <laughs> they're babies and they don't care. And all they just like every, every, they interpret everything as monsters. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot. Oh, the art's so cute. Yeah, so, yeah, I didn't even say who it was by. It's Love written, gummy tummy pickles. It's written by Daniel Kibblesmith, um, who has given us a lot of uh, yes. great humor-based comics this year, like uh, Quantum and Woody and mm-hmm. uh, Deadpool and Black Panther more recently and mm-hmm. the other thing I really liked. isn't a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, the D-Man book, was it D-Man? Yeah. The Lockjaw, Lockjaw, yeah, Lockjaw book Lockjaw with D-Man in it, yeah. that's right. Uh, written by Daniel Kibblesmith and Colin Crawford with art by Kate Sharon. And uh, yeah, this is just a really, really fun Rugrats book. Uh, I stopped reading the main series because I didn't need to read a Rugrats story every month. So a special, oh, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, a, a special coming out every uh, every few months is uh, exactly how much Rugrats I need. And yeah, nice. uh, especially when they're doing Hanukkah stuff, that's fun. Yeah, cute. Really I like into that. it. It was a really nice, surprisingly good issue. 
Actually, I knew it was going to be good. Kittlesmith's always pretty quality and the Rugrats comics have been good too. So, yeah. So nice. So that's it for First Things First. If you want to come and discuss all of the new series, the best place to do that is to come meet us online on Facebook. Facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Discuss all of the new series, all the old series and more with 2,000 other comic book listeners just like you. Just like you. They all have your face. Um, do you have the dice or nah. anything here? Uh, nah. I have it. We could have played it one last time. Now yeah, we'll bring, know, it, we'll bring it back for a monthly, a monthly thing. Yeah. Um, I'll find it. <laughs> uh, so normally we roll a dice, or we haven't done it for weeks now, <laughs> uh, to see which publisher we talk about next. Uh, but what do you want to do? Should we do DC? We yeah, talked about DC, DC last, last week, so let's do it first now. Uh, Mr. Miracle finished. Tell um, me about it. I heard it was controversial, but I didn't read it. Obviously. Written by Tom King and uh, with art by Mitch Gerrards. Uh, I loved the first half of this series. Uh, and you tapped out like a little bit before yeah, halfway. Yeah, like four issues. And I was like, what? how could you not like this? And then as the series continued, I was like, oh, I'm starting to get why you, someone wouldn't like this, especially when you're reading everything Tom King is putting out. Yeah. Um, I think the second last issue of this actually won me over a little bit. Again, this is a, this is a kind of different take on a superhero story. Um, it was kind of like the closest thing uh, that Tom King has done since his excellent 12 issue vi- um, The Vision run over mm-hmm. at Marvel. Sadly, the only thing he did for Marvel. Um, or maybe happily. We'll never know. Um, but yeah, Mr. Miracle uh, is a Jack Kirby creation, uh, one of the new gods. And this book is about him and Big Barda having a baby after Mr. Miracle has uh, tried to commit suicide. He's an escape artist and he tried to escape life. And as Whoa. this... Well, it, it was... That was just a kind of brief mention at the start. Suicide. I don't think it was too heavy-handed or like he t- explored the themes of suicide too much in the, in the first half of the series. And then he really did, especially in this last issue... Um, and I think it's a, it's a take that I've seen a lot of people rub the wrong way by. I'm in the stage now where wherever something starts to get away from me that Tom King's writing, I just kind of roll my eyes and continue trudging forward. Yeah. So I look, I've read a, a, a piece that someone wrote, a, a really great, probably my favorite comics journalist, Oliver Sava, um, who writes for, um, Sarah, Oliver Sarah, uh, who writes for AV club. Okay. And he did a really great piece about, uh, this final issue and um, the kind of like the different personalities that I, I never realized that like uh, the guy who who played their babysitter Funky what's his mm-hmm. name like the Funky guy he, uh, he I can't think of the name the, what, what, there's, a, there's a character that that that, play, that, that becomes the babysitter for mm. uh, Mr Miracle and and Bart, Bart's kid is actually an analogy of Stan Lee oh okay um, and uh, uh. of course we should mention R.I.P. Stan Lee R.I.P. Stan created a few comic characters that we talk about each week. Just a few. He's just a couple. kind of big deal. Um, oh, I did get really sad about it. Anyway. Um, I have a beautiful story that I'll share after this, oh, yes, if please. you like. Um, so uh, then, uh, yeah, and then um, there's Oberon is drawn to look like Jack Kirby as well. Okay, sorry. So, I just so, had an involuntary eye roll. But, 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 but you've read issues featuring that and I, you didn't pick up on that either. Nah. So yeah, it is, it is it's something that I totally missed. And I, that... His reaction to this issue made me appreciate it a lot more than I did after reading it to the, to, to the end. I'm glad I finished this series. It's not something I would recommend many people. Um, I don't really need to because it's going to be overhyped to hell when the trade comes out yeah. anyway. Uh, I, the art was consistently like stunning. Yeah, excellent Mitch Gerrard's art. Um, and he deserves all of the fame that he's going to be getting off the back of this book. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, just, I, I would love to see Tom King... Do Sheriff Babylon Volume Two? <laughs> I would love to see him um, 
I, I appreciate what he's trying to do in terms of bringing mental health issues into comics, but I think he... Um, just leave it alone for a minute, man. Or like, uh, yeah, don't do it in every one of your books or do it a bit with a bit more care. Uh, yeah, be a bit more sensitive with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I need a, a DC book to talk to me about suicide. I'm fine Unless with it's it. a squad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's my cute little story. Okay. Um, not cute. It's just, it's a nice story. Um, so I was DJing at a festival um, on Saturday in mm-hmm. Canberra. Um, it was called Spilt Milk Festival. And out the back of... Um, uh, in the, like the artist area, they ha- they were doing um, like a little zine stall uh, by a company in uh, sorry an organization in Sydney called Studio A, who are based in Crow's oh, Nest, yeah, yeah. and they work with like around twelve different um, artists. Basically, they specialize in working and helping publish the works of artists with intellectual disabilities. And so they had two artists um, in uh, at, at the festival mm-hmm. who were um, basically like uh, like one of them, Greg. Was uh, I'll, get, I'll get the full names in one second. I'm trying to find it here. Uh, Greg Sindel was like drawing kind of like caricatures or basically like trying to draw like superhero versions of different artists and everyone backstage cool. and writing like little notes and stuff like that. But I noticed they also had some books. Uh, he, he was selling his own books. He's incredible. Uh, I'll post them in the in the group. Um, Basically, like, he has a very, very unique style of art in which he uses, like, textures and colors them all in and textures. They mm. look so good, so unique and awesome. And uh, they're all, like, kind of, like, big genre books. So, I asked which, which his favorite was. Well, favorite one was he had, like, five or six. There was, like, superhero ones and horror ones. And his favorite one is called Werewolf in Chinatown. Um, and uh, he signed it. Um, but he was, like, a bit, a bit reluctant to talk to me. And, like, I know what it's like to... to be at a festival all, all day. I'd been mm. there too. I mean, I can't imagine how much more difficult it is if, you know, part of your brain doesn't want to talk to people at all or, or yeah. can't, can't process, you know, conversations. Find in social a, exactly. difficult. Um, so uh, I was like, oh, look, I'd love to buy a book. Don't worry about drawing anything. I know what it's like, blah, blah, blah. And um, one of the staff from studio was like, oh, he's actually a bit sad. Um, uh, so, you know, you have to ex- excuse, you know, normally he's a lot, he, he'll, he'll be a lot friendlier. And I was like, oh, don't worry about it, blah, blah. And then I was like, oh, I actually have a comic book podcast. I'll totally, once I've read this, I'm totally going to mm. talk about it. And um, the staff work, worker was like, oh, we hear that, Greg? He runs a comic book podcast. You should tell him why you're sad. And um, he told me that he was devastated because Stan Lee was his hero. Yeah. And uh, he would been like embarrassed to talk to other people uh. about, about Stan Lee. Um, because it was, you know, a cool music festival with, yeah, with like, yeah, you know, yeah. musicians and American musicians and British musicians and stuff. They were the, the book of who he was talking to that day. And so we just started start talking about, like, you know, like really, you know, very basic. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, I like Stan Lee. I love Marvel kind of stuff like yeah. that. As he was signing, I didn't want to interrupt him as he was signing my book. And then he was like, oh, I'll draw a picture for you. Who's your favorite Marvel character? And I was like, why don't you just draw me yours? And mm. so he drew Iron Man. And his Iron Man is so good. Yeah, that was... And the craziest thing about him, him signing is that he wrote, he drew a speech bubble and then he drew a face and then he goes, who should I draw? So he was like already ready. And then in p- a perfect amount of space, he has incredible handwriting too. Uh, he wrote a quote from, from Iron Man saying, some heroes aren't born, they're built. And it just fit this, this speech bubble that he drew oh, so man. perfectly. It's I, making me emotional. Yeah, I know. It was great. And so I like, as the podcast continues, I want to do like, I'd love to do an episode with you where it's us kind of like summing up the comics mm. that we talk that we've read that month, and then like us trying to find creators or things within the comic book scene that we can talk uh, bring awareness of. Mm. And Studio A is absolutely like yeah, that sounds amazing. This incredible organization. It's, yeah, if you look up Studio A Sydney, 
Um, I, the website is, I don't know because I sent it to you, um, is studioa.org.au. Go check out the art there. There's yeah. a whole bunch of art you can buy. Amazing. And, um, I want to do an interview with, with, with some, I would love you know, to some artists that. from that and also like the people behind the organization because they do some cool shit. Yeah. Like they're publishing like beautiful hardcover copies of, of Greg's comics. Ah, that's amazing. Yeah. Really, really great. It'd be a good thing to get them um, stocked at King's as well. Yeah, absolutely. Super cool shit. So yeah, check it out. Studioa.org.au. Greg Sindel. Uh, I'll, I'll be talking about that on a future episode once I've read the comic. Cool. Um, that's my cute little story. Ah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, continue talking about DC books. Uh, Wonder Woman issue 58 this week uh, has a new writer and a new artist. Um, and of course it is G Willow Wilson uh, making her DC comics debut um, with Carrie Nord uh, on art um, and uh, trying to find the full credits that are somewhere in this issue. We'll never find them though. Cause it's a hundred pages long. No, it isn't. Carrie uh, Nord on pencils, Mick Gray on inks, Romulo Fiato Jr. on colors. And uh, does great colors. Especially yeah, for Wonder Woman. Definitely. Um, this is a, a, a cool first issue. Yeah. Um, like a little bit understated, not the ima- enormous explosion of, uh, of difference that I was expecting to come from G. Willow Wilson on this. But, but I it enjoyed it. I enjoyed her take. Definitely. I enjoyed her using um, a lot of the things that had already been set up, mostly by like Greg Rucker and Nicola Scott. Yep. I thought that was good fun. I like the way that she, the voice she gives for Diana. Yeah. I thought this was good. Yeah, definitely. Me too. And the art's very different to anything we've seen in Wonder Woman recently, and I think it um, suits. Uh, it reminded me most of the feeling. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Issues of Greg Rucker's uh, Wonder Woman run that were done by our girl. Who now Bilkus Everly. Bilkus Everly. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's closer to that. But with less flowing hair. That's very true. Um, but I thought Carrie Knott was a great pick yeah. as an artist on this. Um, so, yeah, basically Wonder Woman uh, uh, awakens to uh, find Steve out of... Well, she gets a call from... Um, I'm terrible. Etta. Etta. Etta Candy. Um, saying, like, uh, Steve has been, uh, has been kidnapped. Um, we can't get in touch with him, but st- we've got it handled. Stay in your bed. Don't come cause a scene. And as if she listens. As if, mate. So she calls the scene and uh, we learn that there's a lot of uh, different things at play here. Um, and uh, there's a, a great amount of uh, kind of like 
I love all like the kind of the monsters in, in Themyscira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Minotaur and stuff like that. They all play a role in this. Uh, they, I think they set up things really well. And mm-hmm, I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be continuing this series for sure. Absolutely agree. Uh, you know what? No more Bender Superman for Levens. Oh, I didn't read it either. Yeah, right. There you go. I'll probably um, still read action comics, but... um. Even though like... Basically, like this is the, the, a big. Uh, there was a big showdown between. Um, Rogol Zar. Oh, you're amazing for remembering that name. Just I like read Supergirl. As bunch well. of. Oh, he's in, <laughs> she's in that. Okay, right. Uh, but basically, like yeah, the, the whole thing sets up a, a, a showdown. Now that the Earth has returned. Okay. Um, Zod has come because Zod, oh. Zod has learnt that that Rogol Zar was, re- was responsible for the, the death of. Uh, oh, Krypton, and even though Superman doesn't kill, Zod does. So uh, it's going to be a big showdown between the two of them. And it looks like Superman's just going to let it happen. Like that's what I do. <laughs> it's fine. It's just like um, yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah. I know what Bendis is doing. It's if you are a massive Superman fan, you're probably getting a kick out of it. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Talk about Supergirl. Um, so Supergirl issue twenty four this week, um, written by Mark and Draco, but uh, fill in art by Evan Doc Shayner. A best feeling you could get. Art. Yeah, unbelievable. What a get. I opened it, like the cover was uh, Doc Shainer, and I was like, ooh, that's exciting. And then I opened it expecting still Kevin Maguire, who I love. Mm. I do love Kevin Maguire, and I think he's done a really great run on this. But what a treat to get um, the first page, <laughs> not only featuring Ambush Bug, but also illustrated by Doc Shainer. That's great. Um, so this is the story of Supergirl on like a revenge journey through space with Crypto the Wonder Dog um, to find out what really happened in, at Krypton. Did Rogolzar really destroy the planet? What's that all about? She has a new costume. She has a big axe. Um, and she's like going to sort of scummy bars to try and find out what's going on. And I think this is really fun. It's really enjoyable. We get oh, her back. Yeah, I know. Spread. We get her back in the classic costume fighting in an alien bar. Um, fighting ambush bug <laughs> alongside crypto, um, and it's just really, it's just really enjoyable. It's a really great take on the character. It's really good fun. We see her team up with a, um, a Kaluan, you know, like Brainiac. Oh, yep. Who looks vaguely like Star Lord, <laughs> um, and now they're sort of traveling through space together. And we don't really understand what his motivations are. But as they get to the site of old Krypton, um, obviously, I don't know why Supergirl didn't think about that. It's like there's tons of Kryptonite everywhere, and she. Uh, starts bleeding. Oh, right. And collapses. It's Poorly thought out, Supergirl. <laughs> but this is a cool series. I like, you know, let's just take the character to space and yeah. remove all the, all the the previous supporting cast except a dog. Yeah, it works really, really well. It's really good fun. The story's moving, around, uh, moving along at a good pace. Um, I find this very enjoyable. It's a good take on the character. Awesome. So good. Our final DC book for today is Catwoman, issue Whee! number five, written by and, and drawn by Joelle Jones with colors by Laura Alred. Um, and uh, why don't you fill us up? Fill us in here. So this is Catwoman. Uh, she has retreated out of Gotham to lick her wounds um, after being uh, left, uh, leaving, leaving, the, leaving Bruce, Bruce at, at the, the altar. altar. Um, and she has been targeted by a crime slash government family, which um, who is sort of uh, Lady Macbeth by the governor's wife, um, who is a sort of evil <laughs> lady with big plastic surgery face. Yep. Um, and she takes drugs to keep her sweet plastic surgery. Oh, sur- I'm sorry. <laughs> plastic surgery face um, all together. And it starts off with her giving her husband an overdose of the um, drug, which makes him take a knife to his or broken a piece of broken glass to his own uh, face and body. And yep. he murders himself. Very heavy. Cool way to go um, out. But I love how Joel Jones always uses black 
as blood. Instead of red, I think yeah, it always looks great. really great. And we also see Catwoman fighting um, to save her semi-comatose sister um, against all these sort of evil government types. And I just love, this is the most like beautiful, stylish, fun book. It reminds me of, um, what's that TV show with Kevin Spacey about evil, evil presidents? That no longer really has Kevin Spacey in it. Because yeah, yeah, he's not cool. um, the big Netflix one. Everyone, yeah. everyone knows it, but me. Yeah, I've watched it. This is what it reminds me of, but oh, with right. Catwoman. Okay, cool. And like super drugs <laughs> <laughs> and more violence, and I think that's great. <laughs> um, but this is, I think, this is such a such a great series. I'm still really. Enjoying I'm not going to Google Kevin Spacey's show. Nah, good. It'll ruin your internet search history. Yeah, you're right. This is the, well, probably the one of the best looking. DC books at the moment too. And just so worth the whole Batman wedding nonsense to get this book out of it. <laughs> um, what if she gets married to someone else at the end of this run? I hope so. Just slam really Bradley back in the game. Yeah. Great call. Um, let's talk about Marvel Comics now. That's it for DC. Over to Marvel. Um, what do we talk about first? This big Avengers book? Um, sure. Sure, sure, sure. So we've got uh, the 700th issue, 700th issue of uh, Avengers this week, um, a.k.a. The Avengers, issue 10. <laughs> um, and we, yeah, we got, uh, this is uh, written by Jason Aaron uh, with an all-star cast of, uh, of artists, including Fraser Irving, Adam Kubert, Andrea Sorrentino, David Marquez, and Ed McGuinness, um, plus colorists Ed, uh, Justin Ponzo, Eric Arasiniega, uh, Matthew Wilson, and Giada Marchiesio. I love David Marquez. He's very good. Yeah, he's a great fit for this run. Um, and uh, it is this just... Big, fun, uh, kind of... Avengers versus Namor. Versus Russian superheroes. Yeah. Um, that does a lot of, like, really fun things with um, with Ghost Rider. Yeah. Um, and kind of sets up a, a lot of the future things that the Avengers are going to face in, um, in, in the upcoming issues. Normally, I hate it when they do that, but this kind of was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was enjoyable. I thought it was good. Um, the best what? Okay, so there's a big reveal at the end of like, whoa, it's this guy. Is he supposed to have been dead and I just didn't know and I just didn't care? Phil Coulson? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Phil Coulson is alive. He, he, he died in Deadpool. Okay. Yep. But we knew, we knew that oh, was going to yeah. be Oh, yeah. That's why Deadpool was sad. That's right. Deadpool killed Phil Coulson because uh, evil Steve Rogers told him to. Um, but, remember uh, that time? Yeah. Remember that? Seems like it was an age ago. I thought this was a, a nice, like, kind of return to what uh, Jason Aaron was doing this time last year in his, uh, what was that big Marvel one-shot? Yep. Marvel, Marvel Legacy yep. one-shot, which kind of, like, amounted to nothing until recently. Yeah. Uh, so we'll probably see all the things that introduced in, in this issue. Like, that was a year ago, and we still don't really have Wolverine back properly. I know. He just kind of shows up every now and then. It's very annoying to me. Um, but I really enjoyed the backup story. Uh, I don't... I'm not 100% sure who wrote it, but illustrated by Fraser Irving. It's all by Jason Aaron. Cool. Yeah. Um, that's uh, the current Ghost Rider hanging out with Odin. Yes. Cool. But also past Odin. So, like, yeah. Odin from a million years ago. Odin. Old man Odin. Isn't that the same Odin? Yeah, but as, like, as in, like, he's not the Odin well, of, of the present. Either way. Is he already from the past? I thought past, it was just him remember. holding on to grudges millions yeah. of years later. Um, yeah. No, I, I loved this. This was great. Um, I thought, yeah. I mean, th- th- I, there, there is a lot of dumb things in it, like Wolverine. And actually, I like that too. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah, I, I, I liked yeah. all of this. This is fun. This is, uh, this is what I expected from Jason Aaron's um, Avengers run. And yeah. it's great. You know, it's, it's taken him a few issues to get here. This is definitely... 
the most enjoyable oh. thing, and it's all tying into the Marvel Legends-y stuff. Oh, yeah, that was great. The, the, the fi- yes. every, so every one of these little backups, fuck, I can just talk about the best thing. Every one of these little backups has a moment, like, you know, kind of like fun kind of final pages. And so the one that Andrea Sorrentino draws has a wasp infiltrating a castle um, in uh, Transylvania, in Romania, the region once known as Transylvania, um, so to rescue Blade so and, and to ask him to be on the Avengers. <laughs> great. So I love good. it. So Bring great. back Blade. More yeah. Blade, please. Blade rules. Um, so that was, this is a really, really fun. And I didn't even realize it was coming too. Yeah. Um, Me neither. While also, also, it was cheaper than the X-Men issue and it felt way longer and way more... With way more stuff in yeah, it. Yeah, but this is a 700th issue. So why wasn't it $700? It's a good point. You should get on the phone to the Marvel marketing team. Hey, Marvel? Yes, Levin's here. <laughs> yep, me again. Yeah, I've got to have to tell you. Uh, should have made... Uh, that issue that was seven hundred seven hundred dollars makes sense to me. Makes sense to you. The buyers will love it, and uh, comic book stores will love it. Put seven hundred blades in it too. Yeah, actual blades. So actual every blades. page you cut yourself on. Yes. <laughs> Comics aren't for kids anymore. I guys. saved Marvel again, everybody. Um, what do we want to talk about next? Speaking of Marvel, how about the final issue of Cosmic Ghost Rider? Ah, oh, I didn't read it. Damn, read my. By Donny Cates, um, with um, art by Dylan Burnett and Antonio Fabella on colors. Um, yeah, this is uh, one of those ones where it, when when it ends, I was like, "Oh shit, this is the end." Siobhan just got sent fifty double passes to Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Fox is in it. Actually, Ben Mendelsohn is in it. Mendelsohn is love in ben it. Mendelsohn. Is he the sheriff of Nottingham? Yes, please. Of course, he is. He's the best bad guy of them all. Um, but a nice guy in real life. Yeah. I have a good Ben Mendelsohn story. Oh, really? Just he's um, incredibly nice and supportive to uh, charities that support people with intellectual disabilities. That's unreal. Yeah. Go Mendo. Good guy. Um, yeah, good, good end of Cosmic Ghost Rider. Uh, it was what just was the a, end? Um, the end was him just kind of like leaving Thanos in the, in the timeline and, uh. and hoping for the best. <laughs> I like that ending. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh shit, it's over. But then he's going to return in Donny Cates' Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Look, Marvel fucking love these characters. They are not letting go of them for a very long time. Prepare to see a lot of cosmic blah, blah, blah for the rest of time. Cosmic blah, blah, blah. Great. My favorite. Speaking of Cosmic Blah, 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 this is the last issue of Fantastic Four I'm going to read. Nice. Tell me why. Uh, Dan Slott. Considering you told me I should start reading it again, last issue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, issue number three, written by Dan Slott, with art by Sarah Pacelli, Nico Leon, and Mate Gracia. Great art throughout it, but um, as you can see on the cover, it's not just the Fantastic Four. It's like all the Avengers and a whole bunch of Marvel characters. And I was like, why is this? just feels like an, a Marvel event yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to like a, a Fantastic, Fantastic Four, Four comic. And uh, maybe a few issues from now, it'll get, have that kind of nice closeness. There's a few moments of kind of cool family stuff, but it isn't written as cool as uh, Hickman did it, and it isn't written as sweetly as Mark Wade did it. And I'd rather just reread those runs, which I plan to do at some point in my life. Yeah, So why aren't I doing that instead of yeah, reading these new ones that I don't like as much? Again, it's nice. not bad. It's just not the kind of Fantastic Four book I want to read. Yeah, fair enough. Um... Should we talk about Captain America? Yeah. Um, so I didn't read issue number four, but I was like, fuck it. I'll just pick up number five. And I was fine. I yeah, just, same. I, I wasn't lost at any point. No, this is so enjoyable. You read issue four. I have. A, I, have I? I've, I recorded you talking about it I and released happened, it to the world. Um, yeah, this is written by Ta-Nehisi Coates with art by Leon Francis Yu, Jerry Alanguilan, and Sunny Go um, on art. Um, and uh, yeah, Captain America uh, saves his, his gal, Sharon, yep. uh, from being tortured uh, by these two new weird villains that we learn are working for Red Skull. 
Um, but before he does that, though, he has to fight Taskmaster in a very, very well, well-written and put-together um, action montage. Yep. Um, so, look, Ta-Nehisi Coates, you've proved it to us many times in the last few months. You can do a good action scene. That was the one thing I doubted you could do when you started Black Panther, and now you've proved it. So, good on you. Have another cake. You're killing <laughs> Another cake. Yeah, another cake. After that other cake we sent you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so enjoyable. God, yeah. I love that he's writing comics, and I love what he's done for the Marvel Universe. Which is solid. It's just really, really it's just solid. It's really solid. It's good. It's good shit. Absolutely. Uh, Thor this week was another fun surprise uh, written by mm, Jason Aaron. This is uh, really enjoyable. We got the return of Tony Moore to interiors, which I've not seen on a book in a long time. Yes. Um, and uh, so gorgeously coloured. Yeah, uh, colours by... Um, John Rauch. John Rauch. Rauch. Um, and this was a fun one-shot. This was the sweetest fridging story I've ever read, Siobhan. Yeah, <laughs> this was really lovely. She wasn't, to- she wasn't really fridged. I'm joking, she wasn't fridged. But it's like the best dead lover. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that uh, I've read in a long time. Um, so basically, in, in short, this is, a, this is a, a tale of young Thor from the past uh, in which uh, Odin can't understand why his boy loves Midgard so much and refuses to, you know, to stop... Attend go- to his duties on exactly. Asgard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he makes a deal with Loki um, and Loki works out that he can he can make make Thor hate um, Midgard by having him fall in love and lose the love of his life. Um, but uh, So basically, yeah, he falls in love with a warrior um, and uh, when he is called to fight somewhere in the realms, he tells her he'll be back soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he turns, returns from the war, um, she's dead. Obviously, um, because 40 years have passed. Yes, that's right. Um, but she's lived a long life um, and uh, he kind of learns what it is to, to love a mortal. Mm. Um, and basically his love of Midgard strengthens through him honouring her. Yeah. Um, and I just thought it was it was brilliant. It's totally not a fringing story. I just, no, it was a fun joke not. to make. That was a good joke. Um, but yeah, super enjoyable. You know what's the only thing that I just always find slightly difficult with Thor stories? is just the combo of like ye old and contemporary slang. Right. I just always find it weirdly jarring. Just commit. Commit either way. No, you know I'm I mean? fine. Give me a match. It doesn't have to both. be like, have at thee, pretty boy. I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, give me, have at thee, fuck boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he dabs. And then he dabs. Dabs right out of there. Um, I enjoyed this Thought night. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Get Marvel on the phone. <laughs> yeah, get him again. Hey, Marvel. Me again. <laughs> one, one and a half words. <laughs> Thought night. Thought night. Done. Also, what a cool uh, design for Loki. Yeah, definitely. Really fun. I, I think it definitely harkens back to how he used to be drawn oh, yeah. in certain eras of Thor. Yeah. Uh, very it's cool more shit. Of a, more of a full mask. I read a lot of Marvel books this week. Yeah. Uh, Donnie Hate Kates gave another great issue of Venom this week with um, art by Iban Coelho and Andre Mossa. Um, he's being held hostage by the Maker. Um, uh, which was the Maker? Which is the Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe. Nice. Um, and uh, basically... He, oh, the uh, lowercase guy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and make, the Maker plans to weaponize uh, Venom. Um, huh. And uh, he also has uh, the... Like basically, like when 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 a venom when a symbiote connects with a person, the DNA from that person is embedded within the symbiote. So he has a sample of the now dead um, Flash Thompson. Oh! And so at one point, uh, like uh, what's his name? Who was the regular um, 
uh, Eddie Brock like kind of gives in to the to the sim- to this new symbiote and becomes like for like you know one battle he becomes uh, Flash Thompson so like Agent yeah. Venom and it's really sweet and cool and we might not cool. ever see that again but I thought it was really really nice yeah that's nice it is funny like you know in, in Spider Man which I'll talk about in a second um, you know Flash Thompson has died he died in the last issue of Dan Slott's Spider Man run and it hasn't really been addressed in the expenses run yet but mm-hmm. they've done a really really nice little tribute in Venom it was a good issue I've I've, I've Really, really like Donny Cates. <laughs> he's just yeah, he's so clever. He writes the he writes just writes the fun kind of superhero comics that I need. He just loves when I them. Don't want to read anything else. Like, That's what like, comes across yeah. in everything he writes. He is just having a good fucking time, and he loves superhero comics, and it's a joy to read. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, Spider Man this week, um, written by Nick Spencer with art by Humberto Ramos. Um, I didn't read it. Well, I totally think that's a, a good plan because yeah. uh, in this one, um, MJ is sent to a therapy session. Um, which is like after reading what's the Heroes in Crisis or whatever that that was that was the Tom King one yeah Heroes, yeah, yeah it's it's like a it, it's too similar to that but right, okay. a bit bit more thought out but like you like you like disguise your identity and um, okay yeah I, I, I was just like I don't, don't give a fuck about superhero related therapy classes <laughs> I think it could be done I just don't think anyone's doing a good job of it yeah. I just don't know if Nick Spencer and Tom King are the sensitive souls that we need to be. We kind of got stories. it in like Mariko Tamaki's She-Hulk run, which is about her yes. seeing therapy about the monster within I'm her. Sure, I'm trying to think of. I think there are, there must be examples of superheroes having seen therapists. Yeah, I think, but I think that's how you do it. You have them see a therapist, yeah, as, po- as opposed to there being a superhero specific therapy. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, whatever. That that, that immediately goes awry and leads yeah. to the deaths of heaps of superheroes. Um, don't do Lame. that. Lame. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl this week. Um, I thought I'd read this and then I am. Um... Well, you didn't read 37, so I don't understand why you would like. Oh, God, I hate myself. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is written by Ryan North with art by Derek Charm, colors by Rico Renzi. I had the first two pages and then fell asleep, I think. Not because <laughs> of the comic, because I'm tired. Um, but um, basically, uh, a potentially, a, a possibly scroll version of, uh, of Squirrel Girl has died and everyone oh. thinks Squirrel Girl is dead. Um, and Squirrel Girl and her friends have uh, worked out that um, there is, there's a Skrull invasion and they're the only ones that they can trust. And oh. so uh, they try to team up with Tony Stark um, and it's just a brilliant mess of, uh, of Skrull paranoia written in the most fantastically Ryan North way ever. And it's so fun and it's fun. so silly because, you know, Skrull, com- Skrull issues of, of Marvel Comics are so dumb. Yeah. Um, what if they're a scroll? Who can we trust? Blah blah blah. And this is just this. Uh, we haven't seen like a squirrel girl deal with paranoia through, like, like they basically like, use they use computer science to work out who, how how to work out people aren't scrolls. So fun. It's brilliant. It's, it's so, so good. I love this book. It's so ah. good. And I'm fully used to the um, Derek Charm redesigns of all the characters Absolutely. now. It's Absolutely. It's great. It's great shit. The first trade of uh, the Derek Charm squirrel girl is uh, is out now. You, uh, Worth feel picking like up, guys. Picking up. Um, just quickly, uh, Charles Soule this week wrote 611 of uh, Daredevil, um, part three of his The Death of Daredevil uh, storyline, uh, in which Daredevil goes through a gauntlet of all of his like kind of like major um, bad guys, um, and then just when he thinks he's uh, he's he's at, at the end of it, who should show up but Bullseye, his greatest enemy of all, oh, no. except for Kingpin. Um, but yeah, it was really, really enjoyable. Great, great issue. I, I was like, oh, I don't need, maybe I don't need to read this anymore. It was, that was a killer issue. Nice. Uh, and finally, he also wrote, Charles Soule wrote uh, issue 23 of Darth Vader, 
both of these series are ending very soon with um, great art by Giuseppe Camincoli, Danielle Olandini, David Curiel, and Dono Sanchez Almara. Um, and uh, this is very silly uh, for, for Star Wars, which is a oh, very nice. silly, silly thing. Yeah, uh, so it's like basically how, how Darth Vader works with this like um, creepy supernatural being to create his castle. On the on the lava planet, um, and it definitely hits the line of like this isn't Star Wars, but I don't care. I like it. I know it's really enjoyable. Cool. It's almost I've got two issues left of this run, and I've enjoyed it more than Kieran Gillen's run. I think. Mm. So there you go. Wow. Wow. Siri really listened to a lot of what I just said. Anyway, thanks, Siri. <laughs> I love. What a useful feature. <laughs> yeah, totally. Just interrupt on a podcast and r- repeat everything I just said. That's why I got it, to be honest. Uh, let's talk about some image books now, Siobhan. Yes, oh, please. I've got a bunch of these too. How do you want to start? Look, I only read two, so you should... Uh... Gideon Falls. Yes, please. Jeff Lemire, Andreas Sorrentino, and Dave Stewart. I forgot he was a colorist on this. Mm, he does colors. Oh, I'm so used to seeing him do colors on um, Dark Horse books. Yeah, he does a few image ones as well, but this was, uh, this was fucking great. Yeah, man, what a great... Like, this was probably uh, the least spooky Yes, of, of the spooky, um, very spooky series, but very dark and lots of bad things happen. Oh, there is a, some pretty horrible, spooky um, look back at Norton's childhood. Yeah, so we, like the bulk of this, um, of this series is about a priest coming to uh, a, a small town to start working at the church. Um, and then meanwhile, we have, a, a completely unrelated in a different city, different part of America, um, a mental patient uh, who... Mental patient. Sorry, what's it? <laughs> um, I don't know, a man, a young man in an um, institution. <laughs> Mine had less syllables, but you're right. That's the way I, I say it. A man in a mental institution uh, who is confiding in his doctor um, uh, after seeing, he sees a black barn. And uh, these two figures have not met yet, um, but each issue Ooh, we, but we, get, we get a little bit closer to them meeting. And uh, it's really, really great at seeding something in one of the, in one of the plots and then you see the kind of... It, the the a, a reference to it in the other yeah. in, in the in the other storyline it's great and even though like you sort of can start to see where things are like how they're going to interact how they're going to come together i was still surprised by that end reveal um yes. very very enjoyable yeah. so enjoyable andrea sorrentini is doing such great things in terms of panel layouts that just gives everything this really uneasy vibe the Definitely. whole way through so good uh, they're a great team lemire and sorrentino yeah they really are i love this book um, what else have we got? We got... Oh, so you read Sleepless. We'll talk about that at the end. I'll quickly burn through these other ones. Murder Falcon this week, written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson, uh, with the colours by Mike Spicer, which is about uh, a man dealing with his depression, um, but also he has to play metal guitar, um, and then he, when he plays, he powers on... He powers like a, a, a murder falcon who helps defeat monsters. Great. Uh, this is about... The Murder Falcon and the man uh, assembling a band, basically, and, and he and he goes to find a bassist that he has a history with, of performing in bands with, and it's like one part like ridiculous fantasy monster adventure romp, uh, and then another part it's about depression and and uh, you know realizing that you know by like escaping into yourself and cutting off your friends, you're also cutting off your friend, you're also hurting your friends mm-hmm. as well as yourself. Um, I th- it's, it's sweet. This issue yeah. is not as much. I didn't enjoy it as much as the first issue, but I don't think you're meant to enjoy it as much as the first <laughs> issue. Uh, but uh, it's, it's a good series. I like yeah, it. Yeah, cool. Cemetery Beach by Warren Ellis um, with art by um, Jason Howard. Um, this is the book about uh, 
like you know however many like 100 years ago or whatever um a, a, a group of uh, people leave earth and then go start a new colony in space uh on the moon maybe i can't remember somewhere but now um someone from earth has infiltrated this um this new colony and is now trying to escape it um and, and take a prisoner from this new place back to his old home um of earth and uh it's fun it's interesting i don't think of all of uh, his collaborators i don't like jason howard doing an action warren ellis book mm. um I, it's it's good but it isn't the messy. same it's messy in a way that like i you know after getting uh what's his name on wildstorm uh oh yeah which is so meticulous and like just like well detailed well panned like, yeah exactly like well directed action almost mm. in a book this feels like a step back um but uh it's still it's solid it's still fun yeah. it's, it's a fun book um skyward this week um issue number eight uh, written by Joe Henderson with Lee Garbett on art and Antonio Fabella on colors. This is the book that started out with a simple concept, what if gravity was turned off, and then suddenly introduced like giant bugs and secret societies and betrayal, and it's just gotten a bit messy from that really, really simple start. Um, I sort of found it interesting the the uh, variety of ways that he managed to take that basic concept and the sort of impact that something that we sort of... Uh, what what effect that would have on the world? Yeah, I don't know. The giant bugs is it like the last issue I didn't read until this morning. When yeah, it's, and it's it's entirely like just big battles versus like of like giant dragonflies and men riding butterflies. I don't know if I want that from this book, <laughs> but um, it's what you getting? There's a really great cliffhanger in this issue, which might mean I might have to keep reading it. So that's Skyward this week. Last issue of of an image series we're going to talk about is uh, is Sleepless. Yes, please. Um, issue number nine. Uh, I think it was recently revealed this is only going to be a 13-issue series. Some bullshit. Uh, it's written by Sarah Vaughan with art by Leila Del Duca um, and uh, colors by Alyssa Sala. Um, and, uh, yeah, this basically, I, I think last time I reviewed issue an issue of this, issue number eight, I was like, yeah, the guy she's married, he's not a bad guy at all. He's a bad guy. He's the he worst admits, guy. He admits in this issue that he tried to kill her. And he was like, yes, fine, I admit it. But let's move on. Now we're married. And then he tries to kill her again. Yeah. So definitely not a good guy, but a whole bunch of fucked up shit happens in this issue. And uh, This is an action-packed issue. My God. This is, a, this is one of the best series of the year, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The colors are so gorgeous. Everything about this series is so beautiful. The, the detail and the thought that's gone into um, the sort of historical accuracy yep. is so, um, so wonderful. And it ends on one of my favorite comic book uh, cliffhangers, which is two characters holding hands and jumping into a pit of nothingness. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, excellent issue of this book. Excellent issue. Excellent issue. If you like fantasy, if you like romance, if you like Game of Thrones, if you, if you like... If you don't like sleeping... If you hate sleep, that's not me. Um, this is just, you've got to read it, guys. Great issue. Very, very good. Very, very good. So now that we've talked about Marvel Image DC, we can talk about the other publishers, starting with Dark Horse. Another Lemire book uh, is uh, The Quantum Age, uh, which is from the world of Black Hammer. Um, which we're now going to get movies and TV shows? Yeah, announced that, yeah, that he's sold Black Hammer for a TV and movie deal. I'm like, whenever that happens, I'm always like, I'm very happy for Jeff Lemire that he is getting a big paycheck. But at the same time, something that's inc- so referential to superhero comics specifically, beyond like the superhero genre, which now yeah. means something else. I just don't know how well it'll translate. I just wish they would make animation. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want animation of this. I want it, no, I, I want it in comics that yeah, I can sure. read silently but by myself. We'll always get the comics, but yeah, I mean, I, I want Lemire to make as much money as possible. Yeah, true. I think, yeah, like this is a this is actually a superhero universe, which is like, it's surprising that it's taken this long for someone to realize that and put give, give him the big bucks for it. I know. But um, I, I like the idea of getting, having like a Black Hammer movie 
and then spin off of TV shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's clever. Yeah, but animate them. Make them all animated. And, mm-hmm. get, and get use the designs of uh, of oh, Dean yeah. Ormston and, and Wilfredo Torres, who does the art on this one, with Dave Stewart on colours. Um, this is the... Uh, um, What's a DC League of Superheroes? Legion of Superheroes. Legion of Superheroes kind of analogy uh, featuring future versions of the Black Hammer cast. Uh, and uh, this actually ties so much into the main series in a way that none of these side series have before. Uh, so this has now become essential reading uh, yeah. if you are a fan of Black Hammer. Um, because there I think is... all of the Black Hammer series are essential reading. But yes, I agree. Yeah, but I mean like Doctor Star at this point hasn't really tied into the main series at all. No. Beyond him just being yeah. a character, um, yes. But this is yeah, this is this is this almost is like a sequel to the to the current issues of, of, of Black Hammer. Yeah, and it gives you some sweet little insights into what's going on. Yeah, um, excellent issue. Excellent issue. Wilfredo Torres is uh, a brilliant artist, and I love Dave Stewart's colors on uh, Wilfredo's uh, art, particularly. And I love just like uh, I mean, this is a very sort of this is such a cool team. Like we have a. a Young woman who is in a sort of flying wheelchair because her legs got blown off. Great representation. Yep. I love the flying armadillo guy. Mm-hmm. Also great representation <laughs> for flying armadillo guys. Finally. Finally. Giving I just them love the it. voice they deserve. I just love it. Yeah. Um, so I also read uh, Friendo, issue number two. I didn't because I couldn't remember what happened in issue one. Oh, you love this one. Yeah, I'm sure I did. Vault um, published this one. Uh, it's written by uh, Pac Nadel. Wait, hold on. That's not his full name. I was going to read all their names, all their <laughs> last names out as one long name. Alex Pacnadel, um, with illustrations by Mil- Martin Simmons and colors by D. Kniff. Um, and uh, yeah, Friendo is about basically Friendo is like a a, a Siri that lives in your head um, that you, you you put glasses on and, and you see a friend. And basically, uh. Uh, Friendo exists to sell you products, but also be your friend. And uh, our main character um, he hits rock bottom and he believes that Friendo saves his life. Um, and so this is him hitting further, further rock bottoms, uh, but with Frendo by his side until he can't afford to pay for Frendo anymore. And then he uh, commits armed rob- robbery. <laughs> this is a fun, messy book. I'm really That's into cool. it. It's really great. It looks, it looks great. I love the covers. Um, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fun and different and cool and hmm. uh, indicative of the kind of quality books that Volta are putting out at the moment. Yeah, nice. Big fan. Hmm. You got some self-published shit over here. Um. Yes. Well, I have a couple of books that my, my darling mother picked up for me when she was on holidays in London. And she went to Gosh Comics, which is um, my favorite comic book store in London. And this is just a couple of the ones that she got me. She got me a couple more, which I'll talk about later. Um, the first one is Afterwards by Gareth Brooks. And I didn't realize at the time, but it's actually a, a sequel to his books, uh, The Black Project and A Thousand Colored Castles. And... I managed to read this and absolutely really enjoy it without having Great. read that. So it's not something that I think you like it's, is essential. Oh, that's awesome. The that's first story. Printed. Yeah. Really cool printing, really interesting, um, cool, different panel layouts. And it's all to do with like future tech and evil, evil future tech right, and stuff sick. like that. So the first story is about a guy who works in an office and he has a crush on um, the woman that he works with. Um, everyone thinks he's a bit of a weird loser because he likes real women instead of um, what they call... What do they call them? Um, my secret girl. So everyone has a my secret girl, which is like an ultra-advanced sex doll um, that they use instead of having sex with a human because that's obviously disgusting and wrong. Um, and so he goes out for drinks with these guys that he works with who are sort of the lads from work that he doesn't really like. And then they 
get him a My Secret Girl and he's really horrified and embarrassed and runs and then he finally makes a date with the woman that he um, has such a big crush on from work and the date goes really well and she's like do you want to come back to my house and we'll have some coffee and he's like yeah this is finally happening and he walks in and there's four buff my secret men in her house and then (laughs) he's like oh but I thought she's like oh you didn't think but that's disgusting (laughs) and then laughs at him and that's where the issue ends oh my god it's so good that's cool Um, who's it by again this guy, his name is Gareth Brooks. And then the second um, issue is about a husband and wife who are living in the middle of a war zone. But because the husband insists on wearing his sort of uh, happy news goggles, he's like, everything's fine. It's going really well. Everyone's celebrating the Queen's millionth jubilee outside. It's a <laughs> lovely day. Um, and the wife sort of has to force him out of the house through the sort of war-torn oh, wow. um, England. Very enjoyable, even without having read his books. Um, and I really want to check out the rest of it. That was really fun. That's cool. And then the second one I read, um, which I really, really loved, is called Wash Day. And it's by Jamila Rouser and Robin Smith. Um, script edits by J.A. Michelin. And it is an incredibly beautiful black and white comic that is just a very sort of quiet personal intimate look at a girl um a young black woman doing wash day so like spending the whole day sort of getting her hair together um which my friends tell me is a long task um and it's just it was just really sweet it was just really nice just you see her go out to get a sandwich and then come home and she smokes a joint with her friend and um it's just like a really lovely intimate slice of personal life. little story oh, it actually it says was... slice of life on the back yeah yeah gorgeous like really really enjoyable very very um satisfying and very like personal intimate feeling you know yeah, you great. really feel like you've been uh brought in and embraced into something um and i really loved it so good so it's wash day by jamilia jamila rouser and robin smith and afterwards by Gareth Brooks. Cool shit. Thank yeah. you. And make sure you go visit Gosh Comics. If you're, if you're in London, London. Goodness gracious. Go there. Yeah. Uh, so that is it for uh, this episode of Serious Issues. And it could well be the last issue in that, this format that mm-hmm. you'll ever hear. Um, I just want to say to everyone that listens to us and yeah, is part of, our, part of our Facebook group and our community, uh, we really, really appreciate yeah. you know, the fact that we've been able to do this for as long as we have in the way that we have. And we wouldn't have been able to do it without your support. Um, and uh, it means a lot to have this cool community of, uh, of people that just love comics and, Absolutely. and want comics to be for everyone, which is something that's very important to us too. Yeah. Um, and uh, look, even though this is going to be, you know, we're going to be putting out less episodes, like in, unless, you know, unless something crazy, unless we get, there's a Patreon miracle. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, we still like, this isn't because like, you know, yeah, like mommy and daddy still love you. <laughs> <laughs> Except for you. You know what you did. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you know I, 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 the same amount of love and care is going to go into uh, the podcast now. It'll just be a little less frequent. Um, yep. And uh, we hope that you'll stick around and, and, and wait for the new episodes. I know that I started this podcast with Siobhan because I wanted a weekly podcast that talked about as many comics as... Uh, as, as I read, yeah. um, and now that I know how much work needs to go into doing that, I'm like, oh, now I know not, there aren't that many ones that I like listening to. Yeah. Um, so uh, power to everyone that is able to do it for longer than we have done. Absolutely. Um, and uh, hopefully we continue to, do, to give you uh, comic podcasts in a, in a slightly different way uh, for many years to come. Yeah. And so thanks thank- for listening, guys. Yes, definitely thanks. And thanks, of course, to King's Comics uh, for having mm-hmm. us every week um, and for all their support uh, in the podcast's life so far. Um, and uh, we look forward to uh, yeah. So the, so the next couple issues we've got. Oh, sorry, episodes. We've got a uh, interview with uh, um, 
the dude, Matt Groom. Matt Groom, who uh, has a new book coming out through Image Comics in uh, called Self Made. Self Made in early early November, and we also have a, a December. December sorry, December. you're right. Sorry, we also have an interview with um, Chris Neal, who is actually a member of the Serious Issues Facebook group, um, and he uh, is an editor. He's a comic book journalist and also an editor of his own uh, anthology series, Meet Me in the Pit, which we reviewed last week. Which is so, now available at kingscomics.com for all right. those who are asking. Uh, and you can, uh, so they'll, they'll be coming up in the feed next week and the week after. And then, yeah, of course, we are going to be doing our uh, kind of awards for the mm-hmm. best comics of the year. Um, and uh, I would love for everyone that listens to to be a part of that. So make sure you head over to facebook.com slash group slash series, which is podcast. I'll put something on the Patreon too. Um with like you can basically like nominate we're gonna have different categories there'll be like best writer artist colorist best overall series marvel series dc series image series other publisher series best first issue and best graphic novel i think those are gonna be the categories cool so if you have uh something that you've loved this this year make sure you go head over to our facebook group and uh and and recommend it to us so we can remember it maybe we read a lot of books we may forget things so we need your help remembering um, Siobhan, I actually uh, was like, hell yeah, now I get to read less books. But just so you know, <laughs> like how... What that still looks like. Exactly. Uh, so I, uh, I, I, I sent off my, um, my order for, for this week. Um, for, where did I send it was from? Was it a there? big week? Uh, well, I managed to get it to... Um, here it is. Uh, so it, it's, it's 20-ish comics as opposed to 30-ish or 40-ish or 50 still a lot of comics. Um, like, we live in a golden age of comics, guys. I know, because they're so good at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So we have Brian Hill's new series coming out this week. Ah, great. Through Vertigo, American Carnage. Um, we have the 700th issue after after we got Avengers 700. We get Archie 700 this week as well. Ooh. So I'm going to check that out. Um, we have a new Tom Scioli um, book. Scioli? How do you say his name? Don't know. Don't uh, know anyway. who that is. Yes, you do. Do I? Um, he is the guy that draws like classic Transformers looking comics. You read one of his books recently. I don't know, whatever. GoBots is the, is the name of his okay. series starting this week. Oh, based on GoBots? I guess so, maybe. I don't know. Is GoBots know. the thing that you're always telling me about, Jim? Okay. Yeah. Pretend Transformers. Pretend Transformers. There okay, go. there you go. Cool. We have uh, a new issue of Love and Rockets. Great. We have the final uh, issue of Injustice 2, which I know has been out digitally, but this is it uh, coming out now. Uh, we have a new trade because um, it's moved to trade now of Underwinter. Oh, that awesome. awesome uh, oh, book awesome. written and drawn by that guy who is... Ray Fawkes. Ray Fawkes. Um, so the, the next chapter of that is going to be in trade format. Um, and uh, yeah, then lots of uh, issues of our favorite series like Black Hammer, um, Dick Tracy, the um, Rich Tommaso Dick, and, uh, and Mike Allred, Dick Tracy. Um, we got some Exorcist is returning, Immortal Hulk, um, and uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, Shuri. There's all kind of... Oh, the man. New World. It's oh, a great man. week next week. Great week. So even though we, we won't talk about it immediately, uh, at the end of the month, we'll do a kind of wrap-up of everything we've read this month. So nice. you will, you'll probably, we'll, we'll probably do another one at the end of November that's going to be like what we've, what we've read since this episode. And also, I'm going to have to take notes. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Just take photos of the, of the, uh, of, yeah, of the comics yeah, yeah. you enjoyed. Um, anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode and every episode of Series Issues you listen to so far. I hope you listen to many more in the future. Thanks, guys. And uh, again, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.